Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So today we wanted to bring the series to a close and focus today on the posture of gratitude. So we talked about the power of gratitude, we talked about the perspective of gratitude. So today we wanna talk about how am I to live this out? How can I walk in this um, and it become a little more automatic for me? Mm -hmm. Now, this is going to be interesting because some of us have an easier time because we are predisposed to looking on the bright side, right? Some of us are more predisposed to look more pessimistically at things, okay? More realistic. So the beautiful thing about it is you'll have both sides of the coin here that some of us are more pessimistic and... Other of us. I just said realistic. Uh, okay, well, realistic, pessimistic, istics. Yeah, well, you know, however we want to look at it, okay, half full, half empty, um, God is still calling us to the same thing. Just as she says, you can be realistic. Yes, you can be, uh, what's the other word? If you're not realistic, then you're what, over-exaggerating? Or being, being what, naive? Or, um, or... I don't know if there's necessarily a, <clears throat> an opposite or antithesis of realistic. I, well, I guess, yeah, it would be like having your head, head in the clouds. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't like to look at myself as pessimistic, uh, but, you know, I, I can be on the lower end. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's real life. And I mean, you know, all of us experience that. All of us have a predisposition to look at a situation that's inconvenient or troublesome in a way, right? Now, I think a part of how we work through situations has a lot to do with how much we feel like we have to fix it, right? Or the sense of urgency, like, okay, some of them, like my disposition is, is like, okay, it happened, now what do we do to fix it? That's, but, but I'm a fixer by nature. And, you know, a lot of times other people, that can be annoying. Like, okay, no, I, I want, let's, let's examine the pieces and let's figure out why this happened. So let's sit in it for a little bit, you know? So for me, that's like, no, that's wasting time. Let's hurry up and get this done. But the thing is, gratitude, causes everybody to slow down. So even the fixer needs to slow down because there's a moment that you need to be able to understand everything that's going on and you it's easy to miss God even in your attempt to fix. So prayerfully that this series and, and what we talk about today is going to help us to really be able to focus our posture and practice gratitude daily so that it becomes more automatic in our lives so that our default position is not losing it or hurrying up and trying to fix it. But it's, Lord, I thank you. And in all things, give thanks. For this is God's will concerning you. And God is good. And all good and perfect gifts come from God. And God is with me because he promised to never leave me. So let me just hold on and see God for a minute. And allow God's wisdom to come into my situation so that I might have God's outcome and not mine. That's where we want to want to be. So if, if I could start with like one point, and I, I think this is probably the most important thing, because when we say automatic, 
a lot of times the, the word automatic uh, connotates that we're not in control of what we need to be doing. But when you practice something, that's when it becomes automatic, right? I'm a basketball fan and um, love the NBA, love basketball. And in practicing basketball and practicing shooting, uh, when you have a great shooter like Steph Curry or, you know, the greats like Reggie Miller or the people who can shoot Ray Allen, the, the, the players that shoot really well, a lot of times you hear the commentators talk about them being automatic from wherever, right? But they weren't born automatic. They went to the gym, learned their form, learned how they shoot, practiced it and practiced it and practiced it until when real life situations come where their skill is needed to win the game, they're automatic. So the first point is posture is a choice, okay? Posture is a choice. How you see things, how you decide to handle things, that's up to you. And it may not be completely up to you in that, you know, there are not some predispositions that we have or some triggers that cause us to react to things. But um, I think the first thing about us living more freely is to understand is that God has given us choice to walk in freedom in every area of our lives. Freedom is not gonna happen by osmosis. This is gonna be something that you commit your mind and heart to because you understand what the adverse reaction will do for you or do to you. We said it before, having a posture of ingratitude is gonna have detrimental effects to you both spiritually, mentally, in every area of your life. So posture is the decision and we must practice gratitude and choose to recognize the good in everything. No matter how difficult that is, no matter how challenging that is, we have to choose to recognize the good in everything. We said it last time, sometimes it's just a simple prayer. Lord, this is crazy right now. Help me to see the good in this situation. Help me to see you in this because right now, and you talk to God that way. That's what, talk to God the way you feel. God, listen, this is crazy right now. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated at the situation. I'm struggling to trust you right now. Help me to see the good in this situation. That's worship. That's going to your father. That's going to the one who's your source with an honest heart and create an opportunity for God to be God to you in that situation. So the Bible teaches us that a posture of anything other than thankfulness and honor towards God, when we claim to know him, can lead to the corruption of our souls. I know that's heavy, but it's true. Anything other than a posture of gratitude for all that God has done for us, whether you have a relationship with him or not, is an opportunity for our souls to be corrupted. Where is that in the Bible? Fine, that's Romans 1 and 21. Romans 1 and 21, it says, for they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. For they knew God. And when we say no God, there's an aspect of God that's unknowable. There's an aspect of God that is incomprehensible. You can only know God to the extent that he reveals himself to you, right? He reveals himself how? Through creation. The Bible says the heaven declares, heavens declare the glory of God. 
the firmament or the skies declare his handiwork, right? His signature is in nature. You cannot look at the sea and the skies and the trees and all the things in outer space and all the weird bugs on the ground that we don't like and all the other things in nature that don't make any sense and think in your mind, ah, this is just, this just happened. The Bible says a fool says in his heart, there is no God. So there is a level of recognition of God that every human being has. Anything other than that is just denial. And that's fine. Like I said, God is secure. So if you deny, it doesn't make him any less real because you don't believe him, right? So knowing God, it doesn't necessarily have to be a depth of knowing God. There's a recognition of God. Now, for those of us who do know God, meaning that we have a relationship with him through Christ, we come to church, we read our Bible, we pray, we, we know right from wrong spiritually, we know what God is calling us to do, um, whether we choose to be obedient or not. There is a responsibility that comes with knowing God, and it's not just knowing God, it's also honoring him as God. So this is where the challenge comes in, where it's like, my posture can't be, Oh, I'm a Christian and I know God and I go to church on Sundays or, oh, I pray, you know, and I, I do this um, because that's knowing God or knowing of God, but not honoring him as God. Because if you recognize him as God, your lifestyle is going to reflect the honor towards the God that you say, you know. So for they knew God, but they did not honor him as God or give thanks. So what does that mean? In order for us to honor God, we must have a posture of gratitude towards God because the posture of gratitude towards God is the evidence that proves that you know something about God that's worth thanking him for. Mm -hmm. That you know something about God's value that causes you to honor him with your life. The Bible's telling us here that the consequence of knowing God but not honoring him or having a posture of gratitude towards God will cause you to become futile in your thinking. That means you will become weak-minded. That means you'll become easily influenced by negativity. That means that the resilience that your mind would need to have to get you through things in life will not be there. That means you'll be a lot more ungrateful. That means you'll continually miss moments to appreciate God's hand in your life. And we've all been there, you know, times where we've been mad at God or we've been frustrated at our situation. And it kind of makes us feel like God has a deaf ear to us, like God is not listening. God doesn't care about us. Now, now I, I got to say that the reality of walking with God, it's not roses. Let's just not like it's not it's, it's a commitment and a choice to continually honor God and keep in the forefront his reality over your own. It's continually putting yourself in the way of seeking God for his will for your life and putting down yours or surrendering yours till yours and God's become one. That's when we'll start to hit cruise control in our walk with God, when we start desiring for ourselves what God wants for us. Things start opening up and things will start making sense to us. So knowing God and not honoring God or having a posture of gratitude towards God will cause us to become futile in our thinking and senseless in our mindsets, corrupting our hearts. That seems extreme, right? But let's think about this, because last time we talked about 
gratitude and even in our relationships that when you have a relationship with someone if you're married or um, you have a really close friend the more gratitude that's mutually shared in that relationship is the more care you're going to take of that relationship is the more protective you're going to be of that relationship so when the temperature gets hot and it's time to fight and it's time to argue and it's time to converse with authority with each other you're going to have boundaries set up because you respect the relationship too much to cross certain lines. Let's think about that in our relationship with God. That God is God is good. And God's goodness is not a requirement for you to have a relationship with him. As a matter of fact, it's because of his goodness that we can even approach him. It's because of his kindness. He's the one who took the first step. That, that's how it is. So him taking the first step and being left out there by our choice to follow other gods or do other things is not making God pull his hand back and say, you know what, forget it. Like God is consistently coming after us, lovingly and desiring to have a relationship with us. So think about it like in the sense of, you know, God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants to be God in your life. But if your posture is that of disregard, or lack of appreciation for all he's done, or even if you don't know everything he's done, trying to understand the possibility that he's done more than you could even conceive. And maybe it's not personal. Maybe he's done more for other people that are connected to you. And then that can cause you to see God in a different light. I was just going to add, I think that also speaks to the entitlement that most of us mm -hmm. carry, mm -hmm. even unknowingly, you may think you're not entitled, but with relationships that have, especially relationships that are longer lasting, there, mm -hmm. is, there is a tendency to take for granted and to assume entitlement to them and everything that comes along with them mm -hmm. to the point that you're, you become ungrateful because it becomes common to you. Like, mm -hmm. I, like, why would I say thank you for you handing me right. a towel? You're my husband. This is just positive. But there, there's a sense of, I think, reminding ourselves that we are undeserving and especially translating that onto God, which is the ultimate relationship, right? Just adapting that mindset that we do not deserve his love. Mm -hmm. Under normal circumstances, I'm not saying not to receive his love because mm -hmm. that's what he wants, mm -hmm. but under normal circumstances, as a sinful human person that was born in sin, we don't deserve God's goodness, his faithfulness, yeah. and his reconciliation. That's mm -hmm. just the bottom line. Amen. But because he has given it to us and he has allowed his son to die for us, there is or there should be, I should say, an unending gratitude mm -hmm. and a constant reminder or reminding that takes place that I don't deserve this. So with that comes gratefulness because you realize I don't deserve it. So mm -hmm. like, you know, like under normal circle, naturally speaking, if somebody gave you something that you know you didn't deserve and they're like, no, just take it. It's all right. Just just take the car. I don't deserve it. Like, really? But because they've given it to you and you know you're not deserving of it, it should cause a greater level of gratefulness at the fact that I don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. But thank you anyway. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
And as you were talking, I was thinking about those of us who in our relationships naturally where someone gives you something that you know you wouldn't have qualified for or you don't deserve. There is that temptation to attach a string of guilt or attach a, a negative string to that person where you now feel uh, the negative side of obligation to that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, and this is this this is way this is and this is why it's important for us to understand the posture of God, that God is not waking you up this morning and doing all these blessings for you um, to force you to love him. Um, he is not giving you all these blessings and, and doing all this to force you to have a relationship with him. The goal of it is to cause you to recognize the magnitude of what was given with no strings attached, which will then in turn, in, in turn cause you to honor that person or honor him and honor him by paying it forward. So honoring him by becoming what he's designed you to be. And that is how you thank him. And that is how you repay him. Because a lot of times I think in our human relationships, it's kind of like, you know, we work to repay someone and it becomes a debt upon us, which creates a sense of burden. And it takes the, it takes the pleasantness away from us having a relationship with someone in that way. Rather than how can you pay me back? If God is saying, how can you pay me back? Okay, keep my commandments. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do what the word says. Be kind to one another. Like that's how that's how we show gratitude to God. It, it, we, we show gratitude to God by loving each other like he loves us. By seeking to be a blessing to one another as he loves us, because we're loving God through how we treat each other. You can get caught in saying, oh, I love God, but hate your brother. And Jesus said, you can't love God and hate your brother. So you love your brother and that's in turn showing God that you love him. So we can't bypass, you know, and try to you know, make this whole, oh, it's me and God, it's me and God. We see that a lot. Oh, it's just me and God. Oh, he's my father. I love him so much, but we can't stand each other. That's not how we show our gratitude to God. And so that was, that was good. And, yeah. and also just to add to that, you know, it just reiterating the idea of posture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think back to the many times we, like, you know, anybody that's a parent, you just know that you are constantly reminding your kids and there's constant you know it's cyclical so you know that you you give them a a pep talk and then you know the the behavior changes and then it goes back to the way it was and then you get another pep talk and then it kind of changes and our response is usually like if you are sorry or if you are appreciative of what we've done for you we don't need a big fanfare just do what we ask you to do. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do what we ask you to do. Don't fight with each other. You know, just be Uh good. Similarly, I I think to, again, in Ephesians, how it it talks expressly about, you know, us being fitly joined together, but also being an image of Christ, Mm -hmm. right? Like we, we are called to be his image. So, the best way to show gratitude and the best way to express your gratitude would be to project his image yeah. in the earth. Yeah. That's how you show, number one, you're sorry for what you've done, but also more importantly, like we are talking about, 
that's how you show you're grateful for what the transformation that has taken place in your life. You're grateful because now you have chosen to emulate mm -hmm. that image, mm -hmm. not just emulate, become that image mm -hmm. and project Christ in the earth. That's how you show gratitude. And that would be an example of posture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's basically practicing what you preach, living this thing out. And that is a choice. That is something that we must choose to do every single day. In Romans chapter one, verse 21 is the beginning of a verse that is then followed by a whole list of things that happen. When you know God, don't honor him and don't have a posture of gratitude. What becomes of you? The things that we get into that corrupt our souls, the things that happen to us, the things, the way we think about each other and the way we try to be self-pleasing. And like you said, with the entitlements, all of that happens, why? Because knowing God and not honoring God and not being grateful to God leads to a corruption of our souls. So how can we live this out every day? Hopefully we understand now that a recognition an acknowledgement of God's enduring love for us through Christ is foundational. So let's make it spiritual now. Let's take it outside of the natural in the sense of, oh yeah, God's blessings are physical and tangible, financial, all that stuff. The most important reason for us to have a posture of gratitude towards God is because of Christ. It's because of the redemption that we have in Christ. It's because Jesus died on the cross that we might have a relationship with God, that sin may be destroyed, that we might be able to live a life that is free of condemnation, free of guilt, free of shame, all those intangibilities that we talked about in the Converted series. All these things we have conquered through Christ because our faith is not in ourselves, our faith is in Christ. And everything else that happens in our life is fruit that comes from that foundational root. So it's easy to thank God or not thank God for whether he blesses us with that thing we've been praying for or not. It's easy to thank God or not thank God for that miracle that we've been seeking God for. But the reason why we're supposed to always have a posture of gratitude towards God is because you're saved. And if you're not saved, you have an opportunity to get saved in every single moment of your life. You have an opportunity to have a relationship with God himself, the creator of the universe, and everything else that comes by way of that is just icing on the cake. And I think that is the, what the most important foundational thing, how can we live out this every day? Well, a posture of appreciation for Jesus Christ being Lord of your life is foundational. And if, if that becomes the most important value in our life, if our relationship with Jesus becomes the most important thing in the forefront, that you allow God's love and God's enduring love. What does that mean, enduring love? Because then there's love and then there's enduring love. It just talks about it with the kids, right? There's love, there's conditional love. Oh yeah, this person is easy to love. What about when it's difficult? What about when you're difficult to love, when I'm difficult to love? What about when I'm in a pit and I want to wallow? Because it makes me feel good right now. God's enduring love. God woos over us. He cares about us. God has extended and overextended himself so that we can just have a relationship with him. And he's done that for us through Christ. So having a relationship with Christ is the foundation 
of what it means to have a posture of lasting gratitude. Gratitude that is not easily influenced. Gratitude that is not easily watered down. That the closer and the longer you walk with God, the more reasons you begin to see of how good he is and has been to us. And it becomes less about physical stuff. It becomes less about worried about what we need. Because you'll understand that God loves you so much that he wants to give you what you need. Just as much as we love our kids and we want to give our kids everything in our power to make them successful, we love them so hard, which is why we have to discipline them. Because they don't see the dynamic love that we have for them. How much more? You believe your father in heaven loves and cares about you and is invested and committed to your future. This is something, this is something to, to really ponder on. And, and I pray that even as we think about God and Christ and our relationship with the Lord in this climate now, where there's another thing to be worried about, there's another thing to fear, there's another thing for this and that, uh, now is the time to really hold on to your relationship with God and appreciate it because that's where your peace is gonna come from. Your peace is not coming from the news or society or your next position or whatever. It's not coming from this realm. True peace is coming from heaven. True peace is coming from your relationship with the Lord and the sense of safety that you get in knowing that I'm a child of God and God is gonna take care of me no matter what happens. You can't pay for that. The last kind of thought that I felt was good to kind of think about it is the posture of gratitude mimics a posture of servitude. A truly grateful person looks like a servant. A person that is truly grateful adapts a posture of how can I help someone else? How can I pay this forward? How can I do this? So your posture turns from receiving gimme, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you, to how can I help you? Okay, so th there's a term in, in the Bible that we, we hear, and um, it like, you know, it's the psalmist says in uh, Psalms 103, bless the Lord, oh my soul, right? Bless the Lord. Like, so is it really, so question is, is it really possible for us to bless God? Like, how do we bless God who's the blesser? Like, it's hard to bless someone who already has everything. That's one of the most frustrating things to try to, like, someone gives you a car. There's no, like, we just keep using that analogy. Someone gives you a car. Would you give them the car back? Well, they gave you a car because you probably couldn't afford to get a car yourself. So how do you bless that person? Well, uh, you bless them by paying it forward. You bless them by allowing what you've been given to transform you to try to do the same thing for someone else. That's how you live in a posture of gratitude. Understanding personally, wow, I didn't deserve this. I could, I could have never paid for this. Like I, I, I don't have any payments. All I had to do was pay for insurance. Like I, I, I didn't have to, like the burden of me getting it myself has been taken away. I have more leeway in my lack to bless someone else. Because what I would have had to pay for this 
Now all of a sudden it's available for me to right. pay. It's not necessarily for you to just keep collecting in your, in your reservoir. Right. Yeah. Become a channel. And I always get that uh, image uh, in my mind of like a like a pipe or mm-hmm. like some kind of um, channel where if you block it up because you try to hold on to it, it becomes everything from that point on becomes stale mm-hmm. because it's stalled. Mm-hmm. And we know that stalled water collects bacteria and it is no good for anybody. Mm-hmm. But when you allow the channel to flow freely, then the water is fresh. It goes where it needs to go. And then the water that's coming knows it's safe to continue because th- there's an outlet. If, if you try to hold on to it, then you will surely. And it reminds me of he who seeks to save his life yeah. will lose his life. Mm-hmm. But if you lose your life, you'll get it back mm-hmm. through Christ. Amen. Psalms 103, one through five. Now I, I've read the scripture so many times and I never saw it like this before. So I'm a little excited to get to calm down because this is the last point here and I don't want to go over time, right? But Psalms 103, 105, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So the Bible is telling us, and the psalmist is telling us here, that you don't bless the Lord from your head. You don't bless the Lord in a surface level. Because that's like, thank you, right? Blessing the Lord from your soul is your soul, your being, the part that would be corrupted, like we've talked about, if it's not honoring God and thanking God. The part of you that is you, recognizing in your core who God is. That's the part that blessing the Lord comes from. That's what we bless the Lord from, that part of us. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. So the Bible is telling us that in order for us to truly appreciate God, we must allow the greatness and goodness of God to be such a reality in our lives that it's within us. Right. It's like knowing something and knowing something. Mm -hmm. It's like believing something and believing something. So now if something is in you, it's going to change how you walk. It's going to affect your posture, right? Bless his holy name. So God is always good. God is always right. God is holy. He's separate from everything else. He is is in a class all by himself. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and everything that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And now the second part is forget not all his benefits, right? So now it's, it's like the, the, the psalmist here gives us a little help to help us to remember what benefits are you talking about? Because there's so many. But let me just give you a few. Who forgives all your iniquities? There it goes. Thank God for Jesus. That's it. Right. That, that's the foundation right there. Like who forgives all your iniquities? Iniquities is 
secret stuff. Stuff in your heart and stuff that is not in the surface that God sees that nobody else sees. The evil thoughts and the unforgiveness and the bitterness and all that stuff who forgives all the secret stuff about us that we wrestle with every day. Not only that, who heals all your diseases. Mental diseases, physical diseases, spiritual diseases, the things that puts us in dis-ease. God heals all of those. Who redeems your life from destruction. The many times God stepped in when we were on the verge of, of destroying ourselves. Bless the Lord. Not, thank you, Lord. <laughs> man, I was close. Whew. No, it's, man, sit in that thing. Allow it to get into your being and saying, man, God, thank you. And allow your spirit to start reminding your mind of how good God is. Who redeems your life from the pit. The pit, he redeems your life from eternal separation from God. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. That as many times as we fall short, and not often as you pray, babe, at the end, like praying for mercy for the times that we fall short, that God is so holy. Remember, we've made him separate. He's holy. So that means his standard is holy too. So that means we are always at risk of disobeying God. We are always at risk of falling short of God's glory. But what does he do? He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. That means he puts a mark on you that makes you understand that you're his. So that when you come to him for mercy and forgiveness, it's always there for you because you belong to him. He crowns you. And when he first sees you, he sees him on you through Christ. And then not only that, he satisfies us with good as long as we live. We talked about God's goodness briefly last time. And we, you know, all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose, right? But that good is not good from our point of view because we don't know what's good for us. Amen. We know what might feel good right now, but shortly after we feel good, we'll feel horrible because it's a temporary high. But God knows what is really good for us deep inside of our souls. For those of us who are parents, yeah, ice cream is good. It's delicious, but if you have ice cream every single day, that's not good for you. That's going to kill you. That's going to destroy your teeth and keep you from eating other things that you might also enjoy. So God satisfies our life with goodness as long as we live. God wants to show us his goodness as long as we are alive, which is why a posture of gratitude seeks to recognize that in every situation. So that what? So that our youth is renewed like the eagles. So that our youth is renewed. So that there's a vitality in your life. So that there's joy and happiness in your life. Because why? Your soul is blessing the Lord. You see, and I hope we can see that, that, that how gratitude also pays us back. That when we uh, when we when we are grateful people, that that God will now allow the gratitude itself to start to reciprocate itself, and all these benefits we'll have in our lives just because we've chosen to allow God to permeate our minds, our hearts, and our souls.
We have so much to be grateful for. It's not situational. It's not circumstantial. God is challenging us, even as we bring this series to a close, that every single day of our lives, that we move more into a posture of practicing gratitude by which we will be blessing the Lord. Not from your mind, not from your head, not from just circumstances, but blessing the Lord from your soul. We thank you, God, for this time that you have allowed us to share together. And even as we come to the end of this year, and we are at the end of uh, probably one of the most uh, difficult years that some of us have ever seen. Some of us have wrestled with anxiety throughout the year and sickness and fear and, and some of us have been displaced from work and all that. Terrible things and inconvenient things have happened to so many, Lord, but you are still good. Help us not to miss those moments to be able to recognize your goodness. For us that claim and say that we know you, help us to honor you as God. Help us to move more into a posture of our soul blessing you rather than just our head. Move us, God, into a deeper relationship and appreciation for all that you are to us. So we pray, God, a special blessing on every single one that as we make the decision to walk and practice gratitude, that you will allow the many blessings and benefits that you have inherently connected to this virtue to be lived out in our lives. Lord, this is our prayer today. This is our prayer. And we thank you so much. Bless the Lord, O oh our soul, and all that is within us. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the Lifehouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.